for cover. Witnesses capture the chaos as a mass shooting unfolds at a North Texas mall. What we know about the shooter, plus a memorial to honor the victims in a live report. As the end of the legislative session nears, we take a look at where key issues like property tax relief and a school voucher system stand. And we're mostly dry for now, but we're tracking the wettest weather in months coming to Central Texas this week. Cell phone video capturing the frantic moments yesterday as a gunman opened fire outside a crowded Dallas area mall. Shoppers seen in a panic running for their lives. Thanks for joining us, everyone. I'm Mike Rush. Authorities have released the name of the suspected shooter. They say 33-year-old Mauricio Garcia was wearing a tactical vest and was armed with a rifle and a handgun when he opened fire at the Allen Premium Outlets. Eight people were killed. Seven others were injured before a police officer who just happened to be in that area shot and killed Garcia. Meanwhile, a memorial is growing outside the outlet mall. Daniel Marin is in Allen at the, as the community prepares for a vigil this evening. Daniel. And we're not too far from the outlet mall right now, Mike. We are at Cottonwood Creek Church where the city has planned a vigil for this terrible shooting. You can see the cars filing in behind me. This is a big church. They are expecting a lot of people here tonight. Now we were out at the scene itself earlier. We have some video to show you of the memorial that's taking place there like so many other mass shootings that we've seen across the country. There was a large black cross uh, draped in a Texas flag surrounded by smaller crosses for each of the victims killed. The outlet mall itself is frozen in time for the moment. The vehicles remain in the parking lot which is blocked off by law enforcement. Now we spoke with a man who is visiting from Oklahoma and he says he saw what happened yesterday. He saw the gunman. He saw several victims on the ground. He and his loved ones were in a cosmetic store. They were praying the gunman wouldn't see them. It was just one of those moments where you just hope he doesn't look. You start looking for things like hard bottles, glass, something like that. So you can at least throw at him if he were to come in the door. Thank the good Lord that never happened. And law enforcement officials say they recovered an AR-15 style rifle at the scene along with a handgun. They say the gunman was staying at a nearby motel. They have been searching that motel and a home here in the Dallas area connected to him. Now again, this vigil is about to get underway here at this church. We're going to head inside. We'll get you an update coming up on KXAN News at 9 and 10 o'clock. Reporting live in Allen, Texas, I'm Daniel Marine. Mike, back to you. Thanks, Daniel. And as you said, far too common, unfortunately, to see these vigils unfold. Well, meanwhile, according to officials, Garcia interacted uh, with neo-Nazi and white supremacist content and posted such content himself. Officials stress, though, it is too early to assign motive to this case. Another tragedy is unfolding in Texas, this one on the border in Brownsville, where an SUV slammed into a crowd of people. According to authorities, at least seven people are dead and at least a dozen more suffered injuries. It happened about 8.30 this morning. The victims were waiting at a bus stop outside a migrant shelter. The shelter director says most of the victims were Venezuelan men. Authorities say the driver, a Hispanic man, has been charged with reckless driving. It's not clear if the crash was intentional at this point. First warning weather with meteorologist Nick Bannon.
A lot of clouds, but also some breaks of sun here today. This is how it looks from the domain. Our Indeed weather camera looking toward downtown Austin in the distance. And we've got a mostly cloudy sky with some breaks of sun, especially into the hill country. Had some showers this morning, mostly in our eastern counties. Those have moved away. A couple of sprinkles, though, we're watching entering portions of Gillespie and Blanco counties, possibly haze too, but it would be very light drops, if anything. Stronger storms to the northwest of us and also developing to the southwest of us, but so far we're on track for a what we expect to be a mostly dry night. Still, the Storm Prediction Center has us at a one out of five severe weather risk tonight. We think we're going to be on the periphery of storms, though, with a higher two out of five risk to our west. We'll watch a low chance then for storms uh, during the evening and nighttime hours. Otherwise, temperatures are warm, but not as hot thanks to the extra clouds. Middle and low 80s is where we stand now, and uh, these temperatures will slowly fall into the 70s with just a low 10% rain chance here this evening. Certainly not worth canceling your evening plans for tonight. Coming up in first warning weather, we've got more storm chances tomorrow. We'll highlight that as things get increasingly wet, leading to eventually an increasing flash flooding risk. Thanks, Nick. We'll see you in a bit. Next week marks key House deadlines as we near the end of the Texas legislative session. If bills don't pass out of a committee by Monday and get initial approval on the floor by Thursday, they're essentially dead with limited exceptions. Capitol correspondent Monica Madden checks the status of some major legislation. We're getting close to the end of the legislative session, which means deadlines are upon us. The only bill that lawmakers are actually required to pass is the budget, and that's in order to keep Texas running for the next two years, of course. One reoccurring theme of this session has been the state's $33 billion budget surplus and how to spend it. Many lawmakers argue that that money should be returned to taxpayers in the form of property tax relief. Both the House and Senate have passed their respective bills but are at an impasse on the differences in their plans. Property taxes are obviously the number one issue. Uh, the grid has uh, become personal for uh, Governor Patrick, um, but there's no common ground that I can see between the two chambers on that. Another driver of discussion this session has been whether or not to create a school voucher system, which would allow parents to use taxpayer dollars for private school tuition. While it has passed in the Senate, the so-called school choice bills haven't been scheduled for committee hearings in the House yet. If anything, I see the margin against vouchers in the House increasing. As for topics of controversy... Most of the culture war issues will be resolved at this point. Uh, the Democrats just simply don't have the tools to stop it. Issues on key bills will have to get sorted out in conference committee in which a panel of senators and representatives negotiate and sort out details in their bills behind closed doors. If bills don't make it through their deadline, lawmakers can tack on aspects as amendments to other legislation in that conference committee. In Austin, Monica Madden, back to you. Still to come, a bunch of soggy dogs on Ladybird Lake today as canines hit the water for a good cause. And imagine becoming an author before you even start kindergarten. We'll tell you about this guy, because that's exactly what he did. Puppies got a chance to hit the water today at Ladybird Lake during the annual Paddle for Puppies event. Since 2011, puppies have been able to cool off on canoes, kayaks, and stand-up paddle boards at Austin's rowing dock. With over 340 participants, it was the most successful Paddle for Puppies event so far, raising over $30,000 for Austin Pets Alive. Since its start, the event has raised more than $160,000 to help puppies in need.
Well, after Friday night's weather and severe storms, some of our viewers sent in pictures and videos of the damages the storms left behind. And these are pictures of the Lago Vista Property Owners Association Marina, which sustained severe damage. You can see a boat flipped, dock roof collapsed, and many different boat docks with varying levels of damage. LCRA and their emergency management office are assisting with recovery efforts there. Uh, suspected that it would be straight line winds that caused that type of damage from what we can tell. Today, a quieter weather day, 88 for the high, still warm. We've got more 90s to show you, plus the wettest weather this year in first warning weather. A four-year-old boy from Tennessee may be a reading and writing genius. He's using his early reading skills to help other children. Riley Nagel has his story. At four years old, King Chambers is already a superhero with super strength, super speed, and most importantly, the ability to read. There's a boy named King. He was a very smart student who loved to read and learn new things. King recently wrote his first book, titled King the Dream, which is about a superhero who teaches others how to read. He loved reading, he loved math, he, he's just very, very smart. King's mother, Jennifer Ellis, says he learned how to read at the age of two. And I read books to him all the time. Even when he was in the womb, I read books, and he loved it. How many books would you say you've read so far? How many books I you read, read 90 books. Ellis says once King started mastering more and more books, he told his mom he wanted to write a book about himself as a superhero. And he came up with he could teach kids how to read. And so we helped him put it all together, put his dream in a book. King is very proud of his book, and he even wanted to teach everyone at Local 3 how to read. He loved to teach kids how to read. Anytime he see a kid, he let them know about his book. And they are so excited because it's nothing like having your own peer teach you how to read. Ellis says she has no secrets to teaching a child how to read, but she says reading to them at night may help. There's no rule book to parenting, but just give them 100% the best of you and all the love because they're our future. Ellis says she isn't sure what's in store for King's future, but she knows it's bright. King will be starting school next year, and we're all very excited to see his accomplishments and his next book. The end. First warning weather with meteorologist Nick Bannon. All right, 517 just about as we show you what it looks like uh, in southeast Austin from the Whittlesea Landscape Supplies Camera. 81 degrees, mostly cloudy skies, but some breaks of blue. And you can see Austin a little more clearly here today. On clouds and radar, there's a good chunk of clouds around, but then there's some breaks, especially northwest of Austin and into the hill country where we're seeing some sunshine. There's really not a whole lot of rain nearby that's about to move in. A couple little sprinkles here and there. The rain from the morning that affected our eastern counties is pulling away. There are are some storms closer to San Angelo, but they're not on track to head our way. One thing we may be watching, though, is some of the storms uh, in portions of Mexico that are tracking northeastward that may, especially if they expand a little bit, try to get into central Texas later this evening, although they wouldn't be moving all that quickly, so it may take some time before they even get close to us. Some of our computer models do try to bring in some of the storms that are west and northwest of us, actually southeast into parts of the hill country later this evening, but there are other computer models that are still keeping us dry here tonight. I think this is a 
a little on the wet side. We're going to maintain low 10% rain chances tonight, mainly west of 35. This is what it looks like at midnight. Uh, so certainly be on guard for a, a low storm chance in the hill country tonight. I think the metro and east largely going to be dry here for the overnight hours. Taking you into your Monday starts with low clouds and fog as we have been many mornings. But I do think the sun comes out earlier tomorrow than what we've seen this weekend. So a sun cloud mix already by noon. A lot of sun and heat for the afternoon. It's going to push temperatures back to the low 90s. Spotty shower possible in our eastern counties during the afternoon. But our highest chances for actual storms going to be tomorrow evening. And once again in the hill country, say between about 6 and midnight, would be where we see the uh, storms coming in that may threaten areas closer to 35 as we approach uh, midnight night tomorrow night and then things quieten back down again before a wetter day on Tuesday. So tonight a slight storm chance mostly for the hill country. Generally it's dry and partly to mostly cloudy with lows dropping down to 71. Another warm night tonight. Even hotter for us tomorrow 93 sun cloud mix but a 30% chance of storms developing mostly tomorrow evening and mostly in the hill country. You see the timing there for the highest rain chances not so much during the day but 6, 9, midnight and then by 3 a.m. into Tuesday morning were dry. But Tuesday gets increasingly wet. Tuesday begins a series of pretty wet days, about 50 to 60% rain coverage Tuesday, more rain on Wednesday. We may see the rain drop off just a little bit on Thursday, especially in intensity wise. But uh, Friday, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, day after day of rain. And we think the Friday, Saturday, Sunday period could be the wettest of them all. And look at the rainfall projections from the National Weather Service and their weather prediction office. Five to seven inches of rain over the next seven days, much of which comes Friday through Sunday. Not all of it, but a good chunk of it. Look at our first warning weather seven day forecast. Decent rain chances throughout, especially Wednesday, Friday and into next weekend. Rain looks likely and with heavier rain in the mix, the flash flooding concerns go up for next weekend. Of course, next Sunday is Mother's Day. We'll be right back. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Texas baseball going for the series win against the Kansas Jayhawks team that has given them some good competition over the course of the first two games. Once again, Texas trying to get that resume right. We go to Lawrence right now. Here, Dylan Campbell, what a performance at the plate he has had lately. He gets a deep base hit here to extend his hitting streak to 26 games. That is a school record. Go pick it up a little later in the top of the seventh, tie to three. Garrett Gomet with the two-run single to put Texas up five to three. Then a little later, Eric Kennedy creates some more separation with this home run. This two-run shot would make it seven to three. Longhorns sitting, sitting good, right? Feeling pretty. But in the bottom of the ninth, sitting pretty, feeling good, I should say. Bottom of the ninth, two on for Kansas. Cranford Collier's single scores a run to make it seven to six. So now the Longhorns. In some trouble here. Two on, running, um, running, winning runner at the at first base. Whatever, that doesn't matter. Ace Whitehead strikes out Kansas to get the final out. Longhorns win seven to six. It's been a day, if you can't tell. All right, Texas State completed the sweep today of Georgia State. The Bobcats scored two runs in the bottom of the eighth to push them over the top of the Panthers seven to five. It's the fifth win in a row for the Bobcats. At MLS, Austin FC is wounded in more, way than, more ways than one. They haven't been able to get an MLS victory in almost two months. And for the next three to four weeks, will be without Sebastian Driussi, who despite his struggles this season, 
He's still one of their top players. They took on Portland last night. Pick it up in the 33rd minute. Dario Zuparic is going to take advantage of the opportunity right here. Scores on the header to open up the scoring. Portland up 1-0. 59th minute, though. Emiliano Ragoni with the feed to John Gallagher for the goal to tie it up. Fourth goal of the season for Gallagher. He leads Austin FC in goals. Austin FC fans loving that in Portland. 71st minute, Claudio Bravo puts this one through to put Portland back up 2-1. to one. So Austin FC feeling the heat. 90th minute, though. Owen Wolf with the cross, and Will Bruin makes the equalizer happen to tie it at two. Austin FC needing to just hold on to get that one point in the standings. They do. Portland's one last chance. No dice. So Austin FC avoids a loss with a two-all draw. So Josh Wolf feeling actually pretty good about his team after this one. We came from behind twice, which again I think shows our our group's grit and resiliency as as uh, as they had last week also, and um, you know it's a performance worthy of three points, and um, we we will um, build off of it. And scheduled congestion is 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 obviously ahead of us here, and um, you know we'll have con contributions from everybody going forward. But I thought a really really solid collective uh, group effort today, and um, would have been nice to reward reward our fans with um, you know with, with with the three points. It was a much deserved one point. I, I honestly think we should have should have been three point game for us. Um, so it's good good to build on to come away with something, um, even though it wasn't all three. And I think um, it's good good mentality in the group, getting some goals and and you know building on a busy month. And one last note, couldn't get to it because uh, yep. of time, but UT softball lost in walk-off fashion to Baylor, 2-1. to one. Gotcha. Thanks, Jonathan. We'll be right back with a final look at your forecast. Stay with me. Here's your school day on Monday. Starts gray and humid, and then we brighten up a lot of sun and heat in the low 90s. A few storms possible tomorrow night. Monday looks to be the driest day of the week. All right. Thanks, Nick, and thank you for joining us. See you back here at 10.